Enchanted Sky Media. 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 This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. This is the show for and about firefighters. We're informing and entertaining members of the fire service across the USA. All units made it cleared. Clear all traffic. That's about the scariest thing a firefighter can hear over the radio. It sends chills down our spines. But there's been an effort underway for several years now to prevent mayday calls. And I gotta tell you, it's ingenious. Project Mayday is the invention of Fire Service veteran Don Abbott. It's all about predicting the way things are about to go wrong by the radio traffic that happens first. Don retired after serving nine years as the project manager of the command training center at Phoenix Fire. And he joins us now to explain Project Mayday and what his results so far have been. Thanks for being on Code 3 today, Don. Oh, you're welcome. This is a massive effort. How did you decide to undertake it? Well, I had read an article uh, about four and a half years ago, and uh, it didn't contain a lot of facts. So I started looking for facts about May Days, uh, when they were called, who was calling them, when and where and why, and found out there was no real facts out there. It was all pretty much uh, rumors, rumors. uh, stories and those kinds of things. So I uh, basically started looking at uh, gathering facts, and uh, we started uh, basically in 2015 uh, putting together Project May Day. And as of January 1st of this year, uh, we've gotten up to about 4,200 May Days in about three years. And we only get a small portion of those May Days, probably somewhere between 10 and 15% of those that actually occur. How do you use those to predict what can happen next? Well, we basically, uh, uh, I've got about 4,200 audio tapes of May Days. And uh, basically, we go through and we listen to those audio tapes and basically dissect them, looking for different things. What occurred before the incident and what uh, occurred during the incident, and then what was our recovery aspects to the incident. Have you seen a whole lot of commonalities between what's transmitted and the May Day that results? Oh, yes. I guess we've identified uh, 16 phrases that we basically uh, hear the most that are in about 86% of the May Days. We will hear at least three of these phases uttered over the radio prior to the May Day. And for whatever reason, we don't either pick up on those phrases or we don't connect the dots of the three phrases. And uh, basically, then all of a sudden, we get a May Day. So by putting these phrases together, we hope to alert incident commanders of potential May Days as they begin to develop before they occur. 
What are the most common phrases that you hear before the May Day is called? Well, there's really, there's there's 16, and I'll, I'll sort of go through the 16 with you just sort of quickly and, and talk about or describe them as what they are. Number one, and these aren't in any particular order, but um, we have zero visibility conditions after about 15 minutes. And we went in and it was zero visibility and at 15 minutes, it's still zero visibility. That means nothing's really changed and probably things have gotten worse. Sometimes that information is not relayed correctly and therefore the command can only visually see from uh, outside what they see and what they hear. And if they don't hear it, that ain't very good. Um, so that's an issue. I think one of the things that we've learned the most from this particular phrase is that we're hearing descriptions from interior crews about we have uh, heavy smoke, moderate heat, or we have moderate uh, smoke and light heat. And those aren't really very good descriptions for the incident commander. So what we're sort of preaching as a result of what we've learned is we need to be more accurate with our descriptions, such as engine four to command. Uh, we have uh, smoke black under pressure to our waist, and we've shot a ticket to ceiling showing 500 degrees or more. And that's that's more accurate. If I'm the IC, I would rather hear that than things such as moderate, heavy, light, those terms. That's number one. All right. Number two is we have fire above our heads. Uh, number three is we have fire below us. Number four is we need more lines, extend our line. Um, number uh, five is we've not found the seat of the fire. Uh, number six, we are running out of air. Uh, number seven, this is a hoarder house. Now that's interesting. I assume that means that there's a bunch of stuff that can burn in the way of their path through the house. Yes, and and it does two things. You have a a, a fire load that's that's greater than normal. Plus, you have a, a weight load on the floor, um, and if you add water to it, it's only going to get worse. So we look at we've had some collapses in these hoarder houses as a result. So a hoarder house makes up almost uh, 30% of our May days in regards to structural firefighting. I'll be back with more right after this. Every day, you put your life on the line to protect our families, friends, communities, cities, and our nation. Federal Resources knows the dangers you encounter daily. Whether it's fire, hazmat, or the more recent opioid threats, we're here to support you, protect you, and help train you for your next mission. You're looking out for everyone else. Let us look out for you. Federalresources.com. Let's continue now with our list of radio calls that commonly precede a mayday situation. Uh, number eight is we've had a flashover. Uh, number nine is we've either had a ceiling or a roof collapse. Uh, number 10 is we've lost multiple, multiple windows. And that means that when we lose windows, it's going to disrupt the uh, flow path. And when that happens, usually there's bad results. 
Uh, number 11 is, it's really hot in here and we're backing out. Uh, number 12 is our exit, and has been, our exit has been blocked. Number 13, we're sending firefighters out with a problem. Um, the problem there is that you can normally send a firefighter out by themselves in a residential setting simply because residences are only maybe 2,400, 2,600 square feet. You can't do that in a commercial building. And what we're finding is that we shouldn't be sending a firefighter out by themselves. We just, the crew should come out with them so that nobody gets off the line, gets lost, or gets separated. Um, number uh, 14 is we have a hole or we've had a floor collapse. Number uh, 15 is we've had a lot of sprinkler heads going off in here, especially in commercial buildings like big boxes or high rack storage where the stuff above your head gets wet and then it comes off the shelves on top of you and uh, uh, ends up creating other problems. Number 16, we've uh, command has lost communications with multiple crews. We have a radio issue. What you're saying here then is once somebody has used one of these phrases, it's fairly common for a mayday to result sometime right after that. Well, it, usually if you hear one, it should perk your attention and make you listen better. Uh, if you hear two, it's, it's, again, giving you a warning that things aren't getting any better. When you hear three of these, you definitely should be considering changing your strategy. And four and five, it just may be too late. So if an IC hears one of these and wants to be extra cautious, he could at that point say it's time to come out and work defensively? He could. I'm not saying that you have to do that on, on every situation, but I think as you end up getting more and more of these, you get two and three, and all of a sudden you get a fourth. Things aren't getting any better. They're, matter of fact, getting worse. So you need to change your strategy because uh, it ain't working. We can look at this from the IC's viewpoint, which we've just done. Is there some benefit in looking at this from the firefighter's viewpoint? Oh, sure. I think if you're a firefighter and you start hearing some of these phrases over the radio from other crews, it should be alerting you you know, to what you should be looking for, and especially if it, things aren't getting any better. Seems to me you could also realize that if you have to say yourself, you're about to get into trouble. Yes, yes. And, so, and again, those are big deals. Have you heard from anyone yet who's been able to put this into practice? Uh, yes, we've had two ICs who basically uh, in the last 30 days have contacted us uh, when they reported their May Day. And, and uh, one of them said that they should have been alerted and didn't pick up on it quick enough uh, to uh, keep the May Day from occurring. And the other person was able to pull crews out before they had a significant collapse issue. In the first case, then you're saying that the IC recognized that there was a problem but couldn't act on it fast enough? I don't think they realized they, they, what he said was, is basically, he thought he heard one or two of these and he thought he had time. And all of a sudden, three and four came within about 30 seconds of each other. And he realized by then, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't basically go offense to defense that quick and get people out of the building before the May Day occurred. Let's circle back for a second. 
How common or how typical is it for one of these calls to be followed by others when you get a recording? I guess you mean uh, when you hear one of these phrases? Right. When you hear one phrase, how common is it that you hear another one shortly after that? Right now, it looks like somewhere around between uh, 31 and 34% of the time you'll hear, when you hear two, you're going to hear a third. And then that number goes up to about 44, 45%. When you hear four, you're going to hear five. That's amazing. And it seems like it's something that you'd only discover by doing this sort of research. Yes, I think the data, this is what, you know, we've been doing this now for three years, and we've just got to this point where we come up with these 16 phrases uh, because we were looking at other data issues. Uh, there are There's the four major May days. Number one is falling through or off a roof. Uh, number two is falling into uh, a hole or a, built, or a floor collapse into a basement. Number three is getting lost or separated from hose lines. And number four is running low or running out of air. It's quite a project to take all this material and listen to it and categorize it. you have any idea how much time you've spent on this? We listened to most of the audio tapes at least two, three times, some even more, depending upon the nature of the May Day and what we're trying to look for and the information we're trying to glean uh, from the study. But probably we spend probably somewhere between 7 and 12 hours on each May Day. And you've learned quite a bit. Don Abbott, thanks for talking with us today. You're more than welcome, sir. And there's more info about Project Mayday on our website at code3podcast.com slash mayday. Check it out. Now it's time again for your trivia question. Volunteers make up 70% of the firefighters in the U.S. Where and when was the first volunteer fire department in the nation started? I'll have that answer in a moment. If you've been thinking about making a monthly pledge to support Code 3, we have an even better reason for you to do it now. We've started a new subscriber-only benefit. It's called the Code 3 Bull Session. It's more material from some of our interviews. Interesting stuff that didn't make it into the regular show. But only patrons get to hear it. So head over to Code3Podcast.com slash support and make a pledge of $10 a month or more. And you'll get immediate access to the Bull Session. Don't miss it. Here's your trivia answer. The first volunteer fire company was formed in Philadelphia in 1736. Ben Franklin served as America's first volunteer fire chief. He was a busy guy. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me then. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, I'll see you later. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.